My name is Liz Noss, and I'm your host for everything culture, arts, and entertainment. This is House Lights, your one-stop shop for everything you need to hear about this week. I think the most telling thing about me first is that I was a theater kid. Now I'm an ex-theater kid that knows too much and loves to talk about everything in the art of theater, giving unwarranted Twitter opinions on every single show I see. Ever since I saw Wicked um, when I was nine years old in my favorite new Justice dress in a theater in South Bend, Indiana, I've always wanted to review shows and be backstage seeing the technical side of everything, as well as being on stage, even if my only roles in high school were gender bent from a men's role. Every single one of them. I'm not really sure what that says about me. I did dance for years as a kid, having tap be my favorite. There's definitely videos of me on the internet somewhere tapped as a tap dancing rat in Shrek the Musical. I wrote terrible poetry in my notes app from middle school on. I also grew up writing stories, leading to my narcissistic goal now of having everyone need to read what I have to say, starting when I published NOS News in my second grade class where I would print out about two sentences on computer paper, maybe about a goose being on the playground, and I would hand it out to everyone in my homeroom. Now here I am, taking all the arts I grew up loving and now subjecting you to my favorite entertainment that I'm passionate about. Now every single week we're going to have a roundup of everything you need to hear about this week. Uh, movies, Twitter team, shows, music, every single thing. So we're going to start with uh, something that's been a big issue recently on Twitter. Um, we're going to talk about the movie Don't Worry Darling and all the tea that is surrounding that. We're going to call this section Talking Tea. So let that be known from now on. So first of all, um, people started to realize that there was drama surrounding the movie when Florence Pugh wasn't really um, posting as much as she used to about movies that she was in as well, uh, such as Midsummer or um, Little Women. She wasn't posting about being the main female star in this movie as she usually would. It seemed that Olivia and her were beefing because Florence didn't love the hypersexualization of the movie with the inclusion of her and Harry Styles' sex scene literally being in the trailer for the movie. Um, Olivia Wilde, the director of the movie, um, she just said that she wanted the movie to focus on female pleasure. Um, but honestly, I personally thought it was just clickbait because everyone thinks they're both hot. So it was sort of a cheap trick to get people to watch the movie. Now, Shia LaBeouf is a huge part of this drama. He entered into it by revealing that he was not fired by Olivia Wilde um, back when he was having accusations on abuse. Um, Olivia Wilde claimed to fire him to protect her cast from his abusive tendencies or honestly just being a general jerk on set. But it was revealed that he was it was actually his decision to leave the project, making Olivia look like a liar, proving that she really didn't have the cast or Florence's um, best interest in heart when it came to making the decision. She said that since Florence had so many um, vulnerable scenes with Shia LaBeouf when they were first filming, that she was trying to protect her from that. But it turns out that that wasn't true. Um, this also led to a video being leaked that showed her um, Olivia Wilde begging Shia LaBeouf to come back to the project, explaining that Florence, who she unlovingly called Miss Flo in the video, needed a wake-up call and needed to just return to work with Shia in peace, when he literally had abuse accusations from his ex-FKA Twigs at the time. Um, Florence Pugh also has come out and 
revealed that she is not being paid anything compared to what Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde's boyfriend now, is being paid to make the movie, even though she is the main actress in the movie. Harry has also not commented on any of this whatsoever, any of the tea whatsoever, so it makes it seem like he doesn't really care or he's not taking sides. And I understand that Olivia Wilde is his girlfriend, but Florence Pugh is his co-star. And being paid significantly more and also just completely ignoring the abuse accusations of Shia LaBeouf is just giving me really, really bad vibes. It's made me lose a little bit of respect for him. Olivia is, continue, is continuing to do press from the movie, but hasn't commented on the Shia receipts and did not comment on if her and Florence were beefing, which makes me distrust her even more. Apparently when she was at the Venice Film Festival, which a lot of stuff went down there, um, she blamed the internet for the rumors and it explained that internet spreads like a wildfire and nothing's true. But honestly, the internet is what is making people not trust her because there's evidence that she is being kind of shady. Personally, I feel like Miss Feminist Olivia needs to maybe take a step back and maybe put her working girl boss female actresses on a priority list rather than her wish list of ex-child actors um, who have serious allegations on their name, who have been, honestly, become irrelevant since holes, which I will say was formative for me back in the day. Um, I feel like I have to make a comment on Harry Styles and um, Olivia Wilde's um, relationship. Honestly, they give me really weird middle school relationship vibes. Like they're constantly touching each other. Like this is a grown man and an even more grown woman. Knock it off. Enough of that. Um, also, there's like like rumors that it might not even be a real relationship and it's just her PR for the movie, which honestly, I couldn't, like hairstyles gets in way um, too much drama for this to be true, like with fake PR relationships and such, because he also had that back when he was dating Taylor Swift. And of course, if you're a One Direction stan like I was, which you will learn a lot more about me um, through that, I still wear my One Direction shirt to the gym which may be a little embarrassing for me, but you know what, I stand by it. Um, he was rumored to be in a relationship with his um, bandmate, Louis Tomlinson, for a really long time, Larry Stylinson. So honestly, he just has too many PR relationships on his track record for this to be another PR relationship. Another thing that leads into thinking that they were in a PR relationship is apparently his new album, Harry's House, which is one of my favorite albums, I bought it on vinyl, um, is about another person. And they've been dating for like a year and a half, I believe. So to have an album written about a completely different person, um, when you guys have been dating for that long, I would be so angry. I'm like, I'm dating you. I should be your muse. Like, I don't, so that could also be part of it. Um, <laughs> another part of this drama that just recently was like a big deal for no reason was that Harry Styles allegedly spit on Chris Pine like at the Venice Film Festival like there's a video it's really weird I I honestly didn't even believe it when I saw it and apparently it is fake a rep for Chris Pine came out and said that 
that is ludicrous. Like no one, like no one's spit on Chris Pine. Um, but I, it, I really do think it's funny to think of a grown man spitting on another grown man at their, uh, their movie premiere together. Um, obviously it's not true. I could never see Harry Styles spitting on another person. And honestly, anyone who can see Harry Styles spitting on another person has read too much of like the One Direction fan fiction that's like dark Harry Styles or like bully Harry Styles. Like I don't think he's gonna do that in real life if we're being honest. So that has been absolutely debunked. But what was true at the Venice Film Festival is Harry Styles um, just kissing Nick Kroll open mouth <laughs> at the premiere, which was really funny. I don't understand why it happened, but I'm glad it did. The Venice Film Festival was so, so wild for no reason. Um, also, Venice Film Festival, I know this has nothing to do with Harry Styles. Timothy Chalamet's outfit absolutely ate. I know that some people are saying it was literally just curtain drapes on him, but you know what? He could do anything and make it look good, and I stand by that. I stand by that. Anyways, um, continuing on with the Don't Worry Darling Tea, I just have a couple more things to say. Um, reviews have come in from critics, um, and it's not looking good. It's really not. It's about 39%. So my hopes that were honestly high for this, like I really enjoyed the trailer, um, but my hopes that were high have plummeted a little bit. I do tend to agree with critics. Um, I will still go and see it um, because I'm a Harry Stan from the start. I also love Florence Pugh, been a fan of her since midsummer. Um, so I will definitely be seeing it, even if I do tend to side with critics, which based on like, that's based on my old film phase. Um, I was almost a film major, which is maybe why I'm so into entertainment. Um, but thank God I didn't become a film major or else this probably wouldn't be possible if I'm doing this podcast. But it would be possible that I'm still this pretentious about movies. So that's everything you need to know about Don't Worry Darling. Um, I have a Twitter. It's Liz, um, Liz underscore Nos. Um, I can tweet out more updates if anyone is wanting more drama. I'm also writing an article about it this week, like literally tonight after I stop recording this. So that will also come out from the state news. My next thing, it's kind of Twitter tea, it's kind of shows, but I have been seeing a trend on TikTok of people re-watching Dance Moms, and you know I had to get back into it. Like I said, I did dance for years as a kid. This show was formative for me. I was, every single week, me and my mom, like this was like a cable show that we would um, watch and like tune into every week. And like, I feel like that's not very like heard of anymore. So like, I haven't watched it since I was 11 years old. Every once in a while when I'm like in the mood, I'll watch like a compilation. Um, I recently got my boyfriend to watch a compilation with me and he was flabbergasted to say the least. Uh, but now I've actually started rewatching the show. Me and my roommate started watching it. And when I tell you this show filled my little heart with joy because I wanted to be a little professional dancer back then, like I was doing ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, contemporary, like I thought I was on it. Of course they were all YMCA shows, so like we're not really that on it, but it's okay. Anyways, I think that like since some of people are rewatching it, I'm seeing all sorts of people's comments on it. And honestly, I think we're all having the same thoughts right now. Um, first of all, let's talk about Abby Lee Miller. <laughs> what an insane human. She like literally was abusive to those kids. Like they were all 10 years old and they were like, she was hitting them with bats to get their legs straight. But like, 
let's talk about karma because karma is so crazy um because the irs literally got her with tax evasion and sent her to jail Emily miller has never been the same have, has never been the same since then um and you can tell because in the later seasons abby is wearing wigs like she's in her wig era she constantly has wigs on and they all look different it's hilarious like i know i'm watching later seasons because i call it the wig era she never looks the same i always know when when it's later um her fake tan is also very aggressive um like jail really got to her and like the hair is just always a little bit messed up but it's okay abby lee miller made her money lost it went to jail didn't pay the tax <laughs> didn't pay the tax offices but you know what she made her money i'm not i'm not in favor of tax evasion sorry that is not what i'm trying to make this sound like anyways also maddie ziegler is probably the biggest star of, actually not true let's talk about jojo siwa jojo siwa is absolutely the biggest star to come out of dance mom she wasn't even on it for that long and she's like a multi millionaire like she has everything with her face on it the minute you walk into like walmart or like claire's there is like seventy thousand things that are jojo siwa she is the most successful person i was about to make a false statement but jojo siwa love her she's doing great things for the lgbt community by you know she has a large children audience so being able to reach out to that, that young community and show them like everyone is accepted and everyone is loved is so amazing anyways but i do want to talk about maddie ziegler she is a gorgeous dancer probably the best dancer to come out and everyone knows it but i do feel like abby lee and her mother heather made her a little bit of an egomaniac in the show with all the solos and when she got she was able to receive but like i don't i i don't know I feel so bad for her little sister Mackenzie because it seems like her mom only cared about when Maddie was Maddie was dancing. I was literally watching an episode the other night where Heather was talking about how her late mother is always with Maddie when she dances on stage. Mackenzie literally had a solo that night as well and she didn't say anything about that. I thought it was really crazy. She didn't say one word about Mackenzie dancing. Are you not going to respect the queen, Mackenzie Ziegler, who made It's a Girl Party with 82 million views on YouTube? 82 million views. Couldn't believe it. But yeah, I, I re actually rewatched that music video recently, and Maddie is literally in front of Mackenzie's own music video. So you can kind of see how the family hierarchy goes. I also want to talk about my favorite mom. My favorite mom is Dr. Holly Frazier. She was so classy. She's a doctor. She always stands up for herself and her daughter, which I love Nia. Um, but she didn't take anyone's crap, which was great. Um, my least favorite mom is definitely Kathy. She did not want to be a part of the team at all. Obviously, in the later seasons, she like is their biggest like rival, and she always wants to like ruin it for everyone. She's always like offending children. It's like, how are you gonna? take it out on 10 year olds um but like she just did not want to be part of the game she like drove herself she like didn't let other kids use the costumes and she, i was watching an episode where she literally told the other moms that they needed botox and that was so so messy but so funny the funniest mom i would have to say is jill which is kendall's mom only because she is just so funny with always saying my little kendall deserves to be here she just fits in with the other like unwarranted just talking about my little kendall 
She also unfortunately advocated for her white daughter to play Rosa Parks. Like, how is that even sustainable or right in any way? Like, I was speechless. I was on the floor. Um, yeah, there's so much to say about this show. And honestly, I might just keep updating because I'm, I'm only on season two right now. So, but I will keep updating. It's right underneath toddlers and tiaras for me on the traumatizing children's scale um, of reality TV shows. That also could be something I talk about, but I haven't watched that show in so long. Old reality TV is like my favorite thing. So if anyone else wants to hear me talk about reality TV, love it. Um, my final thing for talking tea is gonna be um, Leah Michelle just started her funny girl performance last, um, last night when I'm recording this, which is amazing. I have never seen normal people, like regular people be on theater Twitter as much as I have seen people do this when Leah Michelle um, was announced that she would be on Funny Girl, um, which should be amazing, right? Unfortunately, Leah Michelle is like known for being a diva and just offensive to other cast members. Um, I actually just started watching Glee as well. Um, and I'm already just hating Rachel Berry. It's definitely a hate watch whenever I see her act. Anyways, um, I thought, obviously Beanie Feldstein was not the perfect choice um, for Fanny Bryce, which is such an uplifting character. She's so strong, um, like vocally. Barbara Streisand was the only other person to play this. So to have Beanie Feldstein, which is like, you know, she's a great screen actress, but not a very good musical theater actress. Um, to be picked as Fanny Bryce was kind of a slap in the face anyways, but I was still like heart wrenched for Beanie because it was like, like the marketing team obviously didn't want her there. She ended up like leaving the show early, which is so unfortunate. I feel like she got disrespected, honestly, and the reviews that she got, I was all over Twitter when the reviews first came out for Funny Girl and they were awful towards her, like terrible. So I, I, feel, I feel bad for her, but I also can't stand by stunt casting, which is where you're putting a celebrity in the place of someone who could be way better in the role if they were just a Broadway actress. And you could argue and say that Leah Michelle is still stunt casting because she's very well known, but she, is, she was also on Broadway for years. She was in Spring Awakening. So having Leah Michelle is definitely like a step up vocally, but she's also not like, known as a great person and the fact that Jane Lynch left at the exact same time as Beanie Feldstein who has worked with Leah Michelle on Glee in the past is kind of like showing um but I think the funniest part of this and the funniest part of Funny Girl is that <laughs> there's a joke that Leah Michelle can't read and I don't even know where this started but there's like constantly people trying to post evidence that Leah Michelle is illiterate which is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life um and there's evidence to show you there's like when she does book signings she like doesn't hold the pen correctly like her signature is all messed up there's like <laughs> I recently the one that I saw was that Spring Awakening is doing a like reunion album cast recording and she is the only one without sheet music on her stand which kind of just makes it even worse um but apparently last night uh, the, uh, the new york post i read a couple of the reviews today for her first night new york post gave her great reviews so hopefully she was the right choice and i hope that funny girl can move in a better direction um but i do feel bad for people that got sort of um 
put underneath scrutiny like Beanie Feldstein. But the New York Post gave her great reviews. However, I did hear that there, there's a part in Funny Girl where um, Fanny talks about how she doesn't read as much as she should. And since there's all these jokes about Leah Michelle being illiterate, like the crowd apparently like erupted in laughter that she like hasn't read the books that she needs to read, which is so, so messy. But you know what? That's the beauty of live theater. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about movies, shows, and music. Um, first of all, let's talk about movies. Um, Pinocchio, <laughs> the live action remake, live action like and animation is coming out. Tom Hanks is Geppetto, um, which cool. Can Disney like relieve Tom Hanks of all his duties? I feel like they're holding him hostage. Anyways, um, it's a weird animation and live action remix like that. I'm sorry, hasn't ever been interesting. Because ever since they made The Lion King with that like live action, but also mixed with like CGI animation, like it was shot for shot. Like they didn't do anything creative with it. So I am not looking forward to this, but it is coming out in theaters and I believe it is also coming out on Disney Plus. Um, so you can look out for that if you are a Disney stan. I was actually never a fan of um, Pinocchio growing up, but that's okay. Um, also on HBO Max, the Elvis movie is being released um, that got crazy good reviews. Personally, I thought it was very good. Um, and, and obviously, I mean, it got a 12-minute standing ovation when it was it premiered at Cannes. So it definitely has something to say. And I thought Austin Butler was amazing as Elvis. Um, but it was it was a little long for me. Like I wish I like I wish I didn't have to look at prosthetic like face Tom Hanks for as long as I had to but unfortunately you know we have to put in the work to look at um hot austin butler playing elvis so there's that um shows my one show this week is game of thrones house of dragon was just released on hbo max um this is going to be following the end of the house of terrigan i hope i'm saying that right um this is definitely not my thing, but I know some people are absolutely obsessed with this show and I'm so happy for them, but I am not personally a fantasy watcher. Um, my friends the other night, um, my neighbors, were watching Lord of the Rings, which I have to put in the same hierarchy of show as like Game of Thrones, and I literally like had to leave the room. Like I am not interested in three hour movies about this. Like I cannot consume dragon and warlock media <laughs> other than Harry Potter for that amount of time. So that is not my thing, but if it is, it's out, which is cool. Another thing on HBO Max is um, new Pretty Little Liars um, show. It's called The Original Sin. It has a completely different cast, but it's like a reboot remake of sort of the same thing as like, there's pretty girls that are in scandals and there's a person trying to um, you know, reveal their secrets. I was a Pretty Little Liars stan. Like I loved Pretty Little Liars as a kid. I remember um, renting it from the, like renting full seasons from my local library to watch. Um, and me and my mom just ate that up. Um, so that was a great show. Uh, I haven't watched the new season yet. I'm going to have to because just like Gossip Girl, there was a remake on HBO Max and that was great. So hopefully this is just as good. I might have to update you guys on that. Finally, for music, if you know me, you know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about Midnight's by Taylor Swift being announced. 
I cannot explain to you how excited I am for this. Because of course, we, Swifties have been loving the re-releases, Fearless and Red came out this past year as a re-release, but I personally wanted a new album. I love her original music. Folklore and Evermore were just so like, are, are just so ingrained in my mind as like some of the best music Taylor Swift has, has ever made. I'm definitely a singer songwriter person. So like Midnight's, I feel like it's gonna have the same vibe. Like. I don't know how to explain this, but I feel like it's gonna be like emo 1989. <laughs> At least that's what I'm hoping for. That's my prediction for it. Um, I also wanna bring up how Taylor Swift does Easter eggs for every single album she releases. And everyone thought that the last Easter egg, which was Spotify like changing her covers to like confetti around New Year's. Like I think a lot of people thought that was gonna be like, Oh, 1989 is being released because 1989 has that like fun New Year's Eve kind of like feeling or Reputation was going to be re-released which has literally New Year's Eve, sorry, New Year's Day as one of the tracks on the album. However, I feel like this makes sense because if it's around New Year's Eve, the album's called Midnight, so I feel like she set this up so well. I think a lot of people like kind of forgot about that Easter egg that was happening. I mean, obviously it was literally eight months ago, but I haven't forgotten about it because I've been waiting like patiently for Taylor Swift to release more, more music. So I think it makes a lot of sense that Midnight's was set up as like a New Year's Eve kind of thing because obviously that's the most famous midnight out there. Anyways, I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk about it on the pod when it gets released. That's gonna be huge. I'm definitely gonna write a review for um, the state news. Um, so let's talk about a couple of culture stories this week as I am a culture reporter on state news and I am very, very um, you know passionate about sharing the stories that we write. Um, so first of all, Hannah Warhol um, this week wrote The First Day Fears, which explained the common mistake and like biggest embarrassment of walking into the wrong classroom on your first week of classes. Um, like proving, proving to everyone that they're just a little puny freshman, but it's not true. A lot of people have that fear and a lot of times it doesn't even happen. So it's, it's a common mistake. Um, it, during, in, in the story, while freshman Jason Candle was singled out by his math professor for entering the wrong lecture hall, Jesse Scaff kind of explained that um, getting used to halls and rooms before class time is the best way to calm your freshman fears um, so that that doesn't happen to you. Um, great story. I have always had this fear, actually, but it has never once happened, thank God. But I did have a deeply upsetting freshman year lab where I had to like hold a cockroach. It was about insects. So I, like, I kind of wish I had walked into a different lab or a different classroom that day. Um, also, Alex Walters wrote about the recent solar flare that could have like possibly taken out the grid. Maybe even like, I don't know, ending the world. At least having really, really big consequences um, for the area. But for the most part, it just created really pretty northern lights that were able to be seen in Michigan, which is amazing. Um, I'm really excited to see what else Alex covers with this environmental justice beat um, because I really enjoyed the story. It seemed like with the consequence of this, it seemed like it was literally taken right out of of the movie Don't Look Up because it was based obviously in East Lansing and it's about the world ending due to like you know astronomical consequences. Um, so this story is great. 
I also wrote about the Wharton this week with no surprise to anyone if you know me um, and, and how their individual tickets are now on sale for most of the shows of the 40th season. I'm personally really excited about the college nights that they're going to be hosting, which has like student ticket prices. I know they sometimes do raffles, little events, um, but this year's is going to be Jagged Little Pill, Beetlejuice, and um, yeah, I think they're two more recent shows that are like weird enough to catch everyone's attention, but I think everyone can love them because they're more modern. I also know Tiempo Libra is going to be one of the shows at our college night, which is maybe a little unknown, so I would tell, you know, you to look it up, get into it, you know, if you're interested in a uh, cheap price for something you've never seen before, which I believe it's like a Latin music group, so that can be really interesting. Um, stories to look for this week from me are going to be my John Mulaney coverage. That's right. John Mulaney is coming tomorrow, which is September 8th, um, to the Wharton Center. I'm so excited to see John Mulaney on Thursday. He's been one of my favorite comedians ever. Um, the Wharton just released that you cannot have your phone during it because it could be a Netflix special or something that's going to be copyrighted. So you're literally going to have to lock your phone in a little baggie which is going to make it a little hard to do my review. But you know what? Maybe I'll bring like an old-timey reporter's notebook. <laughs> so that'll be fun. But I'm looking forward to going and locking my phone in that little cute little Ziploc bag so I can't sell any information in Netflix and I don't get sued by Live Nation. Um, but yeah, I am hoping to review it. Um, but I am absolutely terrified of John Laney's Press. We'll see what I can do with what I have. But I am very excited. Other things this week um, coming from me... Um, Zaha Hadid opening exhibit um, at the Broad Museum. Super excited to go and cover that. I'm going to their event for opening it, so it's, I'm going to get some pictures. It'll be great. And finally, my last thing that I'm going to be doing um, at every single podcast, I'm going to be reading my favorite yik yak of the day, which I know is huge in East Lansing, so hopefully everyone's very excited about that. Um, my favorite one of the day was just got my fake taken at I am West. Don't call. Favorite one all day. Um, super funny. Super relatable. You ever gotten your fake taken? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, I'm so excited to continue this podcast. I've always wanted to host a podcast, especially about things that I'm interested in, like entertainment, like theater, like um, just news about celebrities. This is my favorite thing in the world to talk about. So hopefully you enjoyed it too. Um, I'll see you next week. It's going to be every Friday, House Lights from the State News. I'm so excited to see you again. Um, thanks for listening. Have a great day.